I'm Washington Ali and welcome to Project Become, a project uncovering the unspoken thoughts that stop us from living a life worth living. I'm not here to tell you what to do or who to be and I certainly don't have the answers. I'm just hoping to uncover the secrets of the world while speaking with explorers, dreamers, thinkers and creators. I hope we all find something that helps us accept who we've become and find something that helps us create someone we are proud of becoming. Uh, welcome everyone to Project to Become. My name's Washington Ali, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, accredited coach uh, at Zoe Mallet Life Coach, a founder and also a radio host. And Zoe is here to uh, break the mold of all coaching with real talk f for real people uh, looking for real results. Um, Zoe focuses on helping individuals and companies get to know themselves on a deeper level so that they can move ahead with confidence and authenticity. And for me, who Zoe is, is someone who is authentic, someone who's open, someone who's fun, someone's not who is who is willing to go against the norm to deliver a message in a way that feels right to her and honestly your message really connects with me deeply um and i just want to thank you for being here with me and with everyone else that's watching today thank you thanks for having me <laughs> no, no it's an absolute pleasure um so sorry like the my first question uh in uh in within these podcasts is always um, who are you? Of course, we have you as a professional woman. Um, and of course, I've given my interpretation, but how do you see yourself? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so I see myself as somebody who most of the time has uh, a lot of energy and always likes to try and have a laugh, like in any situation that I'm put in, whether that's a, a professional or personal, um, I've always been brought up that you've got to like, you just got to try and laugh stuff off. And comedy is sometimes the best way through the highs and the lows of life. So mm -hmm. I've always, um, I'm always trying to make light in situations. I'm always trying to make people laugh. Uh, I'm always trying to like welcome people and, and just get to know people really. Like I, I chat to people the security guard at co-op, I chat to people like uh, when I'm crossing the road, I chat to people if I'm in a, if I'm in a coffee shop. Um, so I'm a very, very curious person in that sense. Mm. And I'm interested to like learn more about somebody and their, their, their background and the challenges they've been through, uh, the things that they find funny, the things that they don't find funny. Um, and I really pride myself on having like good people around me and and, and also break, being that good person that I can be um, around other people. Uh, so that's me like personally, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, professionally, I'm a coach. I trained to be a coach uh, three years ago and I launched my business um, about a year ago now, um, which is really exciting. A year and, a, year and three months ago. Uh, and I'm also a radio host. Uh, I have a, a show on Foundation FM called Cut the Bullshit. Uh, and I invite on different psychotherapists, psychoanalysis, different coaches, different kind of professionals, mental health um, practitioners 
and I our basic listeners send in their problems and we answer them on the show. Um, and I answer them from a coaching perspective and then my guests answer it from kind of like their um, professional perspective. And it's just to give people an idea of the types of help that's out there and to mm. help people understand that we all go through stuff. Like, I've not met one person in my whole life, my big age of 30, all the people I've met that hasn't got a bit of a story or a bit of a journey. Um, and sometimes when you are maybe struggling or you're going through something, um, you can feel quite like alone and isolated and feel that like you're a bit weird or that maybe like you don't think anyone else thinks that. So my show is just about like shining light on all of the issues that people have um, to help people understand that there's actually somebody else that is probably going through something similar or, you know, something um, something like an experience that you're going through as well. Um, mm. So that's my radio show. Uh, it's still part of my brand. Like my brand is coaching. My brand is kind of helping people. Um, I like to help. The, the coach that I am is, is my kind of main aim is to help people get to really know themselves. Because I believe that a lot of us know ourselves surface level and we don't know ourselves on a deep enough level and that is simply because we're just not taught it like we're not taught in school uh, you know we're not usually taught um by our parents you know the generation that my parents are anyway um are you know as aware as maybe what we are aware of kind of self-awareness and and self-belief and and I think that has caused just a lot of people not really understanding their behaviours, their thought patterns, um, and that can be quite detrimental. So my whole aim is helping people get to know themselves. And I do that through my coaching, coaching um, uh, personal clients, and then also coaching like, businesses and helping teams get to know each other a little bit better, get the, their teams to know their values, the team's values, the team's goals better. Um, and then that, yeah, that trickles down to um, uh, the content I put out. You know, I create a lot of content just to help people think about things a little bit differently. Um, and that's me. <laughs> this is a woman with many hats many many hats it's absolutely amazing and do you know what i want to touch on your content uh because your content is super super quirky but uh, I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna put that there put that in the space because if i don't get back to it please please push me to get back into it um i, I want to focus on how is it how did you become the person you are right now so who did you used to be like, and obviously I want, I'd love the details, but I also want the meta analysis of who you used to be as well. So that people can really hear the clarity and your understanding of yourself as well, of course. And then of course we, we want the source, we want the juice, we want the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. And that's actually come at a, a good time in my life, that question, because up until about two and a half years ago, mm. uh, I was, Quite like quite a different person to who I am today, um, and I was actually talking to some of my best friends about this. I was like, "Oh, I I, I feel like I changed quite a lot in a good way," and and they were like, "You definitely have," and like you can tell that you are you, you are focusing more on yourself and focusing and you're more present and um, you're 
you're focusing on your friendships a little bit more and you, and you just you, you seem to be slowing down with things. Hmm. Um, but then, like, you've always been Zoe, like you've always been, I've always been like, like I said, like quite jokey, I've always been like high energy, like the life and soul of the party, like that's always been me, like I've always been like a bit of a mother hen, like, looking after everybody, making sure everyone's good, um, wanting to just always have a good time. And always been quite focused and driven. Mm. But I would say that up until about two and a half years ago, and there's like a couple of things that happened in my life, which I'll go into, um, I now look back, and I think I've just been in survival mode for quite a, like quite a few years. Mm. And I feel like when you're in survival mode, you don't really know that you're in it because it's just the norm and you're just... Um, every day just trying to like get through and that's very much how I used to live um it used to be a case of I would just was ready like I was thinking about the day finishing and I was thinking about how quickly I can make tomorrow happen and then how quickly I can make the weekend happen Mm. and that was my that was my mindset and it was very like not being present um not really focusing too much like on myself I was doing that surface level I don't think I was respecting the amazing people I had around me on, I was doing it surface level, but I wasn't doing it kind of like at deep level. And it wasn't until, I knew, I knew that there wasn't something quite right. Like I, 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 I changed quite a lot. Um, I changed quite a lot over like 2019 mm-hmm. and people had noticed that I'd kind of changed and I'd popped up distant, but different things were happening. And in 2019, um, my my mum was, she's in recovery now, but she was an alcoholic. So she was really ill in 2019. And I'm talking like in and out of rehabs. She was arrested. Um, I had to like carry her to A&E once. Uh, it was just, like a whole mess and and that really like took a lot out of me but because of like the role I've always played in my family since I was little it was always like my job to kind of like look after her and make sure that she was okay okay and I think that year especially I was even more survival mode Mm. it was also the same year that I started training to be a coach um so that was really intense that all coaching kind of saved me though as well during that time. But yeah. I did a really intense course. It was um, seven months in an academy. So, and I was also working a full time job, and my new and I had a new job. And you know when you're you've just started a job and it's just like everything's quite intense. You yeah. Like really pressured. Literally. Like, things take longer. So I started a new job. My mum was really really ill. Uh, I was having, she lives in Bristol and I live in London and I was having to go back to Bristol all the time, sort everything out. Um, anybody that's been around an alcoholic or any, any form of an addict, like, it's extremely draining. Um, and it really, it just takes so much out of you. But that was all happening in that year. I moved in with an ex, uh, my now ex at that point and I was living in South London and I'd moved to East. I didn't know anybody. And it was like East East, like Hackney Wick. Um and there was and I, and I the environment I moved into 
And I kind of knew that it wasn't the best place for me, but I just mm. kind of did it anyway. What was that you um, did? Uh, so I just, I knew that moving in with my ex to this place wasn't the right thing for me. Okay. I, I, I kind of felt it, but I didn't, like, tap into that at all. I just, mm. And so, yeah, I was in this environment. I was really enjoying it. I stopped this course. My mom was really ill. Um, that was all happening. And then me and my ex broke up, and that was, like, quite a traumatic time. Um, and my mum, again, was just still really ill. And I think at that point, that was one of, like, the lowest moments I've had in my whole life. I, I just felt so lost. I didn't know who I was. I was really scared that I got to this point where I really didn't know who I was. Like, that's what really scared me the most. Like, mm. the fact that I didn't even really recognise myself. And and I was talking to some, one of my bestest friends who I've been friends with since I was 16. And um, he had said to me, he was like, oh, you know, I, I, we knew that there was something right with you. And then I came to that flat and, and I sat you down and I said to you, like, are you sure you're okay? Mm. You don't see it. And you just said to me, yeah, I'm fine. He, and apparently, and I don't even remember this, which is the scariest thing. Mm. And he was like, so, you know, you can tell me if something's not right. Like, we, we, I, we can tell you just, you, you're, not, you're not, I don't think you're okay. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine here. Like, I, I'm fine. And he was like, okay, like, if you, you know if you, anything happens, you need me, you just shout me. And I don't even really remember somebody, like, having that conversation with me. Wow. Which... Kind of like that really scared me, and like, he told me that, and I was like, I don't remember that. And he was like, Oh, he's like, I drove to your house. Like, I was calling you, I was saying I was outside, and you came out. I was like, I don't remember that. And, and that is what scared me that I didn't know that. And also, actually, my brother has come to visit me. Yeah, me and my brother aren't that close. We were really close when we were little, but we just were quite different. Um, and he went home that night apparently and my mum was like oh how was it and he was like it was okay but I don't think she's happy I don't think that's going to last Whoa. and like that's my brother who I'm not close with at all and my mum told me that after I'd broken up with, with my ex and, um, and I was like how have all these people seen I was with myself I knew that I didn't feel quite right mm. I didn't know what to do Ooh. I just kind of like I, I didn't know I, I just obviously doing and reflecting back like there were days when like my ex would go out and like I would get back into bed and like sleep and I'd just sleep for a Saturday and like that is just so far from like who I ever thought I was and it didn't it, it you know it took that breakup and it took my mum being really ill but then for me to just feel really kind of like really lost really lost at what bottom but Coming out of that relationship, it just gave me like quite a lot of freedom. And I kind of felt at that point, I was like, I don't ever want to feel that loss ever again. Like, and I know we all go through lots of different things mm. and you can never tell what's going to happen. You don't know what's around, you don't know what's going to happen this evening. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, something can come and change your life like that, right? I fully understand that. But yeah. I think if you feel quite confident in yourself you, you, and you know yourself to a certain level there's only so much that that thing can affect you and I think I remember just sitting there I felt so lost and I felt so scared I didn't know who I was but I was like I am I'm on a mission to never ever 
feel like that again. Yeah. And my mission was to just make sure that I felt really happy and content and like strong in myself. And then that was a, you know, a two and a half year journey to where I am now. Um, and through lots of different work, you know, through like coaching, I had a coach, I was coaching, I was studying coaching at the time. I was in therapy, I started going to the gym. I started to be really careful around like the people I was around. And I also started to, what made me put on a bit of a front and actually just like enjoying things for like what they were mm. and being a bit more present and trying to show up as like a better friend and trying to show up as like a better daughter and a better sister. And I was just reading psychology books constantly, pod, any podcast. I was like, anything that I think is going to make me feel better, I was like, I'm listening to it. You're there. Uh, and through all of that, I think I just learned a lot about feelings. I learned a lot about behaviours. I learned a lot about attachment styles. I learned a lot about what happens, you know, in the first four to six years of, of your life and actually how impressionable you are mm. and maybe the reason why you feel like this or you act like this is because a parent has done this so I started learning all of that and I started to kind of like piece together how I got to the point where I was at mm. there's a lot of healing that kind of like went into that a lot of like uncomfortable conversations with people mm. actually really like quite dark times like quite sad times um and now I'm, I'm in a place where... Wait, before you get, hop, hop into the now, right? I really want, I want to touch in to uh, the idea of... Because, like, for me, I had a very similar moment of... I went through, like, listen, I am never going to be homeless. I am never going to be destitute. I am never going to be a person who cannot provide for myself uh, and also for the people uh, that I care about. Um, yeah, what, I've, what I w would love to hear from you is like, do you think it's important for people to hit the stage of desperation? Does, do you think that everyone needs to hit that or is it only, I guess, us unlucky slash lucky people or um, like, wh what do you think about that whole entire process that actually, oh, we hit a wall and through that wall, we kind of had a rebirth? I think it's really interesting, right? Because, and, and I often think about this question, I'm like, do people need to go through trauma to uh, uh, experience a different, a different, more um, appreciative life for themselves? Mm. Or can people be, just be taught this? And I feel like it's, it's really hard because like, our, some of the things that have happened to me, you know, not just those two things, not some of the stuff that's happened to me. I look back and I'm like, oh, I just really wish that wouldn't have happened because then I would feel like this or I'd feel like that. But mm. they, all the bad things that have happened, yeah, they suck, um, but it taught me so much. And I think I'm, I was that kind of person at that time anyway that needed to be pushed and needed to be like, you know what, actually, you're obviously not doing this yourself and letting better sleep on a Saturday all day, telling everyone you're fine. Like, no, do you know what, this job, we're going to take these two things away from you and you're going to then be on your own and you're actually going to have to kind of, uh, have to make yourself better. Mm. But, but that was needed for me at that point. Um, 
I do believe that you can learn you can learn to be really appreciative and, and grateful and learn lots of stuff about yourself and not have to have something maybe bad happen to you. However, the most interesting people I've ever met have had some sort of trauma and they've experienced something. They've experienced some sort of injustice. They've experienced um, small T trauma, big T trauma. Mm. They are the people that always seem to be able to give me a lot of wisdom, give me a lot of hope, um, are a lot, are very appreciative, are very grateful. Um, and so I think there's, there is beauty in that. Like there's beauty in going through a bit of hardship. Um, so I think it does change you. It changes you. Sometimes, unfortunately, it can change people um, for the worse, obviously. Uh, and it, sometimes it is a case of being, if, if you have had something bad happen to you, there's a lot of privilege that comes with that because there's a lot of privilege that some people have access to and some people don't. Um, but I don't think, I think if people were more in tune and more open, mm. then you'd have to experience some hardship to really understand the world. Um, but I do think if there is, if you have experienced hardship, then I wholeheartedly believe that you will get more out of life. Yeah, and you will, you know, things will just feel a bit more richer to you. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Uh, and. Um, I, I think I, I want to put a caveat here. I, I, like, I don't think you're promoting hardships or anything like that. You're promoting, I get, well, promoting enduring pain, enduring struggle, and being able to see, I guess, the brighter side of things. Because I, I know a few people who've had tough things happen to them, um, and they've slipped into darkness. They slipped into that. They they fed off the pain rather than feeding off the lesson. And I guess, what do you have to say to feeding off the lesson rather than feeding off the pain? It's really hard, again, because I think, like, if I think about my own journey, like, I'm extremely privileged in so many ways that would have helped my journey. Like, you know, I was able to, like, pay for a therapist, for example. Mm. I was able to, and I'm also really outgoing. And I think there's a lot of privilege with extroverts yes. than there are with some introverts. Like, I am literally like, I feel awful. I'm heartbroken. I'm traumatized by this. Like, can you tell me how to get better? Like, I have that. And and that definitely helped when I was really low because I wore my heart on my sleeve and I was telling people I wasn't feeling good. And, and I was reaching out to people on like Instagram. I was messaging loads of therapists. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was going and buying these books. And I think there's a lot of privilege in that. And that helped me get to where I am today. And my journey, you know, potentially is going to be a lot easier than somebody else's. So I fully respect that. And I think feeding off, like, feeding off, um, did you say feeding off after the, the negative, the negative part, of the, the, the learning and then feeding, feeding off the pain and then learning off the positive? Yeah, lessons. I just, yeah, but yeah, literally. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think you have to get to a point, no matter what position you're in, uh, and you have to just, like, say to yourself, like, 
I can either now decide to think in this way and I can try and hope and think for something better for myself mm-hmm. because unfortunately like in this life you are pretty much on your own like you can have amazing parents you can have those sisters those are friends like they can only help you to a certain extent mm. and most of it like you have to do on your own like you come into this world on your own you leave this world on your own and, and you are basically on your own the whole time like, you, and when I say on your own you're, you're in your own head you're in your own thoughts like you can like you're the one who has to live with yourself, right? Mm. So I think there does come a point where we have to like be really honest with ourselves, and that's why I was with me. And I was like, I'm not happy. Like I don't like who I am. I'm scared of, of who I who I was and, and who I am now. Mm. And there were definitely decisions at that point that I could have made that would have probably kept me on the track that I was on. And you know, some of those. Some of those um, some of those were very appealing. Like, I, and, you know, and they did, they, I, it did spark interest. Like, maybe I could just do this. And and for me, like, just to be really honest, like, that was quite recently after I'd broken up with my ex, there was somebody else who kind of came on the scene and, and I could see myself falling into the patterns I'd fallen into before. Mm. And I was like, oh, it'd be fine. I just like, like, Linking this guy, like it'd be calm, and, and then that was a distraction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like I had to make that decision there. And then I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually just going to like focus on myself because I know that otherwise I'm potentially going to end up in the same, mm. in the same way in a couple of years' time. I'm not actually going to know who I am. So powerful. In those moments, I think you have to like, you have to make a decision that you might not want to make If, if 
you have experienced any any hardship, any any type of trauma, like you're the person left with it having to deal with it. Yeah. Not the person who maybe caused it to you or, you know, the, the external factors involved in it. Like, unfortunately, that's the, that's the shitty part of this life is that you have to be like, I'm left with this now, what am I going to do with it? Mm. And if you're able to kind of, in that moment, think, okay, I'm going to really try and not let this sabotage my time here on this planet, then I think that's a really good place to like aim to get to and then I think you can think about okay what can I learn from this I think that first step is like how do I get to this point when I really want to make myself believe that I'm going to try and move forward like from this powerful that's amazing and like your perfect segue into into my next question which is really just around what does it actually look like to work on yourself and um, I'd love you for you to speak on it generally. And then also, if you will, uh, personally, like what you personally had to do. And I know you've already mentioned getting a coach and self-awareness and uh, understanding yourself. But what does it actually even mean to understand yourself? Because so many people hear that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just need to get to know myself better and just like love myself. And, and no one knows what that fucking means. <laughs> you know, so could you could you spell it out for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So how I see it is that... When you really get like really get to know yourself, it's it's not like oh, I know that I like hip hop or I know that I like eating pasta. They're just doing the things I listen to. Um, <laughs> it's, it's more like, and you can start with that, but it's like, and you can start with really simple things like that, right? So I like hip hop. I like pasta. Okay, what is it about hip hop that you like? Oh, I like it because of this. I like it because. It's poetic and it tells a story. Okay, what do you like about that? Mm. Okay, actually, sometimes, if you deep it, actually, maybe it's because I like to, I like that people can explain their lives in that way and I, and I, and I find that really interesting. Okay, what is it that you like about um, people explaining their lives? I'm just really interested in understanding other people. Okay, what is it that you find interesting about understanding other people? I like to know what this, you know, I'm, I'm interested in different cultures and I'm interested to know what my life is like compared to somebody else's. Okay, and what does that mean? And like, it's just like really breaking everything down. And it's the same with pasta. Like, what is it about pasta that you like? Oh, it's just easy to cook. Okay, so what is it that you like about things that are easy? Oh, because actually I prefer to spend my time doing this rather than spending my time doing this. Okay, well, what do you prefer spending your time doing? Mm. Well, actually, I prefer spending my time doing X, Y, and Z. And that's what it is to, like, really, like, unpick all of the decisions that you make, all of the actions that you make, and really sit in, like, a set and reflect. So you can, like, look back at your week or even your day and be like, okay, so I got out of bed this morning. I went to the gym on my way back, I had a coffee. Okay, cool. What What are the reasons that you go to gym for? How, what, how does it make you feel when you're there? How does it make you feel when you don't go to the gym? What was, the fir- what, what was your first interest in going to the gym? This is what is going to help you like really understand the, the, the journey to each decision that you've made. Because we don't just like, we don't just like reach for an apple. We don't just reach for a book for like no reason. We feel like we do because our, you know, our, our brains like send that, um, send that signal and that message down to like our hand more quickly than we can even like comprehend. 
Yeah. We don't really think about it, but it's like if you just sit and ask yourself questions about the things that you're already doing in your life, then you'll start to really understand. You'll start to see maybe like patterns and you'll start to see um, certain behaviours, especially when you start assessing the people that are around you. And especially when you start assessing like, when I'm around this person, I get really pissed off. Or when I'm around this person, I feel really happy. I feel really comfortable, you know. Oh, you know, and you you always have that person. I'm like this person, I can say anything I want. And then there's another person you're like, there's a few things I probably wouldn't we'll say, say about that person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So what is it about this person? Like, what draws you to them? And then you can, like, you need to understand the decisions that you're making and the actions that you're making for yourself. And once you understand that, that's, like, the simplest way to do it, I think. And, and it's almost like you're... You're... For me, you're refining yourself, you know? It's like yeah. e- each and every single time. It's like having a proper dirty white T-shirt, right? And you wash it the first time. You're like, okay, you see these stains. And then you wash it a second time. You're like, oh, you start seeing distinct stains from maybe, I don't know. I remember that stains from like red wine with a girl, <laughs> red wine with my yeah. mates. And then you see a curry stain. You're like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. I don't know where this came from, but then you wash it again and it's like, it's getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And then until you, hopefully you use some vanish oxy action, which is a coach, by the way. Uh, and, and, and then, you, uh, 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 sorry. Instead it's vanished the sponsor. Is that the plug? Uh, is that the plug? <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day. Sponsored by Panic. No, it has to be Colgate, mate. It'd have to be Colgate. It'd have to be Colgate. Um, but um, yeah, like literally, it's that process sounds like refining, getting clarity, becoming clear on um, what components of what actions make up Washington or what actions make up Zoe. And I think you've broken them down so uh, that you've broken down that analysis so freaking well because it's like you can literally take a look at every single area of everyone's life. And I was listening to this. Um, I was listening to this um, like video recording, like from the 1960s, 70s, of this guy called Werner Erhard, and he was talking about like maybe what we should, we could all consider to do is consider our life as assessment. You know that everything that we do in life is being assessed, We're, and use it as us assessing each other uh, ourselves, rather than like a psychological assessment, but more of like a philosophical assessment of just like inquiring into, like, okay, so I've done A, B, C, D. Why have I picked up that book? Like you were saying, um, why is it that I withhold that those things and not seeing it as um, something that's psychologically right or psychologically wrong, but seeing it as something that's like, oh, that's something to be interested in like why do i do that and um helping to remove the judgment out of that whole entire um area of it so like how do you encourage people to i guess remove the judgment on that on that area and i know it's it's almost impossible at times because like, i've been through the process and it's it sometimes hurts to look at some of those things that like i personally may have done or other people may have done to me as well you know so how how would you recommend people um un- like remove or try and be as distant from the judgment towards themselves and all other people as well? Uh, it, like you said, it's, it's really hard, right? And when I, if I think about it with my, with my, own, with my own journey and then also with my clients, like, mm. there's a lot of like, of, like when you get to know yourself, there's a lot of stuff that you are shining a light on that maybe you 
put, you know, put to the back of your head, don't think about that much, maybe that person comes up here and then you're so ashamed after it comes out, you try and like, and what we do as humans usually is we try and suppress it. Mm. I know, I just don't think about it, like, and it will go away. And then, you know, after a few days, other stuff happens and you stop thinking about it. But shining a light on yourself fully, yeah, like the last couple of years, there's some like stuff that I had to like be really like upfront with myself about. And I had to say like, oh, I don't, that, I didn't like that. Like that wasn't the best part of me. Like I wasn't a good person in this situation. I could have done better in this situation. And that is hard. Yeah. And, but that's okay. Because as long as like you're, you know, if you are starting that process of really trying to get to know yourself, like you're on a journey, right? Of trying to become a better person. And looking at yourself and, and, and really like being quite brutally honest with yourself. It might, in the short run, it's going to sting. Like, it's not going to feel good. But in the long run, mm. it is going to be so worthwhile. And if you can just endure that pain for a little bit and endure that judgment that you have on yourself for a little bit, then in the long run, it's going to be so worthwhile. And like, you know, even the word like, judgment like we can be very judgmental to ourselves but it doesn't it does judging anything or anybody unless you're in like you know that fight or flight mode where you actually like need to for your safety mm. it it's just it's just a way to um society thinks right that, that, that has made the word judgment bad like if you're judging yourself in a way that is actually gonna then help you become a different or better person, then really that's not like a judgment, right? That's just like you assessing yourself. That's just you reflecting on who you are because you wanna be a bit better. Yeah. And I think like changing changing language, like we don't talk about changing language enough. Like we think that because so many people have said the word judgment for so long and, you know, the, the words that people think are negative, like control, judgment, because other people say them, we think we have to say them, but, like, that's their narrative. Like, that's the word that society has now deemed as a bad word and everybody rushes to that. Everyone's like, oh, control's a bad word, judgment's a bad word, but actually it's just how you use it. Like, mm-hmm. if you control in a... If you if you're controlled in a, in a positive way, that's not negative. Like if you're trying to control somebody and, and make them do things that you want them to do, yeah, that's bad. But if you're trying to control the way that you react, or you're trying to control the person who you are sometimes, and um, try and be a better person and, and control some of the behaviours you have and the emotions you have, that's a positive thing. Yeah, but we just think it's a negative thing because everybody's told us it's. We've grown up thinking it's a negative thing. Mm. And that those words are used a lot, um, used a lot in media, right? And they're used a lot in such a negative way that we latch onto that. But you have to try and, like, think about things in a way that's going to, like, work for you. And I talk to my clients about this all the time. Like, there's so much out there to help people. There's so many, like tips, there's so many quotes, there's so many ways of doing things, so many techniques. You know, you should, a scientist is saying you should do it this way, a psychotherapist is saying it this way, a coach is saying you should do it that way. 
you don't actually have to follow everything by the T. Like, look at these different things and think, oh, actually, I like what Zoe said a little bit. Cool, I'm going to take that. What, I like what Oshleen said a little bit. I'm going to take a bit of that. And actually, I listened to this podcast and I heard somebody talk about that. And actually, I liked a bit of that. And then you can bring that all together and be like, okay, mm. I've got these like three things that I've seen other people do. But I kind of like the look of. How can I make it more me and how can I make it fit me more? Yeah. We don't have to fit these boxes all the time. Like, if, if you want to experiment with things, experiment with them. And you'll eventually find something that kind of fits. And, and once it's fit and it feels more you, it's going to be like far more easy to like maintain anyway and keep a habit off. Yeah, are so hundred percent. I couldn't, I couldn't have thought of any truer words. Um, like w- with what you're sharing just now, it really, really takes me to like what I've been having conversations about in my personal life um, with a couple of my friends, um, which is that the things that were consu- what well, I've been noticing that the things that some people are consuming, they become very they they become a replica of the things that they're consuming so their thoughts no longer become themselves their own they start borrowing thoughts from other people um they start borrowing um not not they're borrowing thoughts sorry they start borrowing their identity from someone else um and i'd love for you to um, maybe speak on how you can develop your own identity whilst actually still taking a bit from everyone else like you've just shared and um what it means to have your own persona what it actually and what type of control or what type of power that gives you as well you know um yeah if you don't mind yeah so i think there's um when you're thinking about like creating your own identity, like there is a lot of pressure, right? Mm. Uh, because it feels like once you've created this identity, you have to kind of stick with it and people will remember you for that person. So you put so much time and effort into like working out who that is. But your identity, like it evolves so much, it evolves daily. Like my identity since I was younger has changed so much. Like, I feel like over the last couple, maybe over the last year, I've really started to understand some of the foundation of my identity. And that's wrapped up, though, in, like, what my values are, like, the th- the people I like being around, like, my purpose, like, what I want out of my life. Like, those things at the moment aren't going to change. But who knows, in, like, a year's time, my values might be change and that foundation might completely change as well and I think like when it when you think about your own identity you have to like think it's a fun thing to do right yeah it's like you can be really playful with it like I think we've just forgotten how to play and forgotten how to be silly and and if you really want to like experiment with like what your identity is you have to try and you know Put yourself in situations a bit out of your comfort zone. Uh, you have to get to know yourself. You have to ask yourself questions. Um, and it doesn't really matter if it's hard. It's hard, right? If if the people are around you are a certain type of identity and you feel like you don't fit in there, and you know we're only limited by what we can see. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't, if that's that's a stepping stone, right? 
at least if you know you don't want your identity to be, um, that's a good stepping stone as well. Yeah. And I think, like, I guess like, the, the only things I can say around like, building your identity and working out who you are is that it's never a finished piece. Like, you're always going to be work, trying to work out who you are because things change so much. So I try not to get stuck too much on the outcome. As long as it feels like authentic to you at the time and you feel comfortable, I think that's the two things we've got to aim for. It's like, do I feel comfortable? Do I feel authentic? Do I feel like I'm really actually like being who I should be and speaking how I want to speak and, and dressing how I want to dress and, and acting and sounding and feeling like my a real sense of self. I think those are the two things you need to aim for because you change so much. You meet so many different people. Like you can have one opinion about something in the morning. You can then have a meeting with somebody and have a completely different opinion. You can like watch a TikTok. You can watch it and listen to a podcast now. And actually, like everything that you thought before can actually change. So try not to get like too like held up. And, and actually, that's quite exciting because. You're always going to be learning more. You're always going to be having different experiences. Even if you're like, you walk to the same office every day, like, there's going to be different things. There's different people that walk past you. There's going to be different shops that open up eventually. There's going to be different things going on. So there's always going to be different experiences that happen around you. Mm. And I think you've just got to be ready to... You just got you just to be comfortable with the fact that it is always going to change. But building like a strong foundation out of starting with what just really feels real, what you feel really comfortable, and it should feel easy. Like it should be, it should feel easy to be your authentic self. Um, it's obviously easier said than done, but that's how I think you know when you're like you're the most authentic part of you because you're probably the most relaxed and you don't you're not thinking. I think wow that's really really powerful that yeah thank you so much for that because um yeah that actually speaks a, a lot of volumes because mm-hmm. I, I think on um self-discovery journey personal development journey um of course like we talk about how difficult it is to be able to overcome your fears how difficult it is to change patterns and break patterns but like if you are I guess doing it the right way for you or in in the space that's the right way for you. It's a journey that allows um, a certain level of ease, a certain level of comfort in, uh, or should I say reassurance in that actually internally you're like, Oh, I am doing the right thing. And um, I felt that consistently throughout my journey. I was like, Oh fuck that. I don't want to do this. But like, I felt so right. I felt so good about um, doing the task my coaches asked me to do and, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm just really thinking um, about, uh, so you mentioned, you talked about authenticity, you talked about, um, you stepped into, um, uh, like, inqu- like people being curious about the feelings within their body, uh, and really what's going on in their world. And to me, you seem like someone who's just about you. F- I'll help you figure it out. I'll help you come to that conclusion. Uh, and I think that your online content reflects that so well and i just really would love to i guess i may have already given away the answer but like what encouraged you to to make content in a way that is um so 
like it's actually really out there it's like you slang in your content like you really like i relate to your content so much and it's really powerful so i just want to know what made you think that actually i'm going to come at th with this approach um and also what is your aim slash intention for your content as well um so i always wanted to i i can't be like anybody else like i find it really hard to uh try and be something that i'm not and i think especially when i was younger there was so many times that i was made to feel that i should sound a little bit more posh or I should like, use words that were a bit like more longer words or bigger words and I should always watch this and I should always watch this and actually you know you should approach things like this because this is how things are approached here and <laughs> and even like my from Bristol but I don't have to say that anymore uh, because my college teacher said to me when we were talking about what I want to do after college and I was like I want to like move to London and she was like, oh, you need, you know, you need to drop your accent if you want to leave Bristol because no one will take you seriously. And like, and it's things like that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I tried to like not have a Bristolian accent. Mm. And when I say things like grass and bath, like you can, I think you can tell. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'll go for a bath. <laughs> um, uh, and then I got into like some jobs that just, after uni, that just weren't really right for me and, I was around people that I I, I didn't I, I'd never really been around before, mm. and they would always tell me, "Oh, no, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't speak that loud. You, you should use this word." And oh, you know, you can't use that word in this office. And and I'd, I'd, I don't know. I'd say like some sort of slang word or whatever, or a shortened word, and, and then someone would be like, "Oh, you're not one of those people, are you? You use that." Word. And I was just like so fed up when I was younger. And then I was just, I, I, I felt like I, sh I should be a certain way. Mm. And I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like that feeling of like having to be that person. And when I started making content, I did notice that a lot of the content that's out there around like coaching and like well-being is all quite like, is quite fluffy and fluffy works for some people right like and and and, and i'm not saying that but it, just, it never resonated with me mm. it never resonated with me and i always want to make content that resonated with me because i couldn't find the content i was kind of like looking for so i think when i started making content i wanted to try and not be fluffy it wasn't my style um, and I just wanted to basically speak how everybody speaks day to day. Like, I don't get when people like are on their like business voices or <laughs> when they're like, like, do you know what? I don't get yeah. it. I'm so confused. I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, you know, when they an important guest is coming in or whatever. And like, okay, behave and like make sure you look like this and put your nice jacket on and. Like, and especially like 
business politics. This is the way you approach it. You should approach it like this. Oh, don't get me started with that. My man in a suit that said that you should do that. I don't get it. Like I've never had that in. And I've never really like stuck to those those norms and those pathways. I've always tried to be like, actually that I don't think that doesn't come natural to me. And if it came natural to me then I would do it, but it's mm. that's my way has always just been speaking how I speak, like to my mate. Um and I speak to everybody the same. So I'll speak to like my best friend, I'll speak to my clients, like I never I, I never really use like much like coaching or like psychology jargon unless I'm explaining something. Mm. I always use the language that I use because I feel that there's an audience out there that needs that and would relate to that. And don't get me wrong, there's probably some like people that would not want to be coached by me because Maybe I'm not as professional as this person, and that's okay. Um, and I'm happy with the way that I do because my content is just me speaking about what I what I'm feeling or or what I think it would be beneficial for people to know. I'm, I'm mm. there to be like, this is polished me because I'm not polished at all, and I don't use like big words or anything. I love that. Thank you. You know, um, that's like it speaks to who you are and it shows through authentically. Uh, and, you know, there's it's so, so important to be able to be able to re like distill, refine, get closer to your voice, whatever the word is, you know, um, because that's the only way other people will be able to hear you and that's the only way you know yourself that you're actually speaking clearly that you're thinking clearly and like you're really out there in the world um so um i wanted to ask you is there one message or is there a message that um you would like to have uh, that you want to share that you haven't yet shared or if you have great is there another one <laughs> Um, oh, I've got seven of mine. Well, let me ask you this last, I'll ask you the question differently. What's your number one guiding principle to life? Oh, that's a question. <laughs> the one that like springs to mind is that life, like, Life can actually be really shit sometimes. Like, it can. Mm. Like, we can't control anything. And that's not what, you know, we can't control the, those things that happen to us. And I think we've got to try and be as present as we possibly can. I think that's the thing that's changed my life the most, is trying to be present in that day, in that moment, and being present, especially with like, the people around you. Mm. Uh, and respecting, you know, if you're meeting up with somebody for a coffee, like being really present with them. Mm. Or, you know, if you're deciding you want to go for a run, like just being trying to be present, like, present with it. Being present and just trying to have fun when you can, because when those shit times come, it's really hard to try and have fun because you're in survival mode and get through things. Those moments of like bliss when everything's going well, or you're with somebody who uh, makes you laugh loads, or it, you know 
gives you like a good feeling, like really just like be present with that moment and try and have fun in that moment. And try and have fun throughout the day. Like it doesn't matter. Even if you've got like a really serious job, like you still have to kind of keep yourself like mentally stable mm. and it's still your life. Like you've got to try and have fun with can. So be present as much as you possibly can because in that moment, especially when things are really good, like there are waves in it. The next wave is going to come. That wave might be good again. That wave might not be good. So just enjoy that for you can. And when those like bad waves do come, just remember that those good ones are going to go. You've got to say present. Thank you. Present and um, have fun. Present and have fun. Those are actually, those are bagging life principles bagging life principles um and i've got two um two final questions for you um the first one is um this whole entire project is um based on the principle that i believe that we're all unlimited and that we can as you were sharing earlier we can continue to recreate ourselves um so i I want to i want i'd like you to use this opportunity to actually recreate yourself in the future of who it is you are becoming and then secondly what you think is going to become of the world as well okay so i want to be somebody who i want to be that person yeah that like has a really like welcoming family home vibe mm-hmm. where like everybody wants to drop in like people want to come around for coffee people want to come around for a chat whether they're feeling good, whether something bad's coming, then just knowing that, like, my house is the hub. Mm. And that if they come through for a cup of tea, for a pint, of, a, pint, a pint, I don't know, a glass of wine, whatever, some food, that it will all be what it will always be, like, welcomed with um, a lot of warmth and more of, like, a, like a community vibe, right? That's how, like, yeah. I love myself and see myself becoming... Um, and the world you know what I actually would have just before I came in um, to record with you mm-hmm. I was talking uh, to one of the girls in my co-workers and she was telling me some mad stuff about AI um, so I think the world is going to turn into some mad tech scary place my friends just told me like yeah it's mad mm. um that's actually how i think well like the stuff she was telling me was really shocking so <laughs> it's really scary it's like the, like the head of google the head of google product mm. basically did a podcast mm. and he was saying about like how dangerous scary is the, the AI is in the building and one day wow. so that's actually now where I think the AI the world's going to go but I mean to leave it like nicer though mm-hmm. the way I think the world is going um, I have a lot of like faith that people are really tapping in to themselves and are understanding that actually if they don't want to feel a certain way anymore there are potential ways they can get out of this feeling and I think 
for society as a whole. Mm. I, I hope that that's going to make the place a little bit nicer. Um, but I mean, there's loads of contradictions to that, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I think the world's going. That's what I'd like to think anyway, that more people are becoming more aware and people are being more aware about how what what their actions and how their actions impact other people. And I'd love for people to really start understanding that and making changes in themselves because we can only fight the bigger battles if us as individuals are thinking about it. In a way. So apart from the whole world being taken over by AI, <laughs> I... <laughs> that must sound really random, but like just before I came in here, I was like, oh my God, you have AI is taking over the world. Uh, just... I, was like, I was like, you're scaring me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I'd like to say I'd like the world to be uh, become a place where people just think about their amazing listen Zoe thank you so much for your time thank you so much for that scary AI um, uh, story that's so funny uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in 100% authentic real fresh original <laughs> let's do it man I'm, I'm really keen to talk about it um, I'll leave it I've got a friend who studies at Oxford in neuroscience and he's actually aiming on trying to create re-simulate consciousness within the mind to see what new new um, uh, uh, yeah awakening in the mind to see what um, what um, neurons or whatever in the brain like gets stimulated to actually be able to stimulate someone being able to actually become more conscious more aware of themselves and um, yada 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 so like don't worry there is some hope in the world because there are people working on I guess a faster awakening and I'm not too sure how I feel about it too much but it sounds good to me great is that is that to do that's probably to do with AI right and what, like just to give you a one liner Go. Yeah. And it's for hours. <laughs> but basically, head of Google, guys, this is like an announcement to the world. The head of Google basically said that the AI we're building is so intelligent that it is actually becoming more intelligent than us. And what will happen is that these different AIs are going to start having side reports and they'll start being said they'll start taking over. Because the AI is more intelligent than us. Than us. And we can travel what they can do because our brain is doing work to a certain extent. Yeah. Basically, he's already kind of taken over. And he was like, there's a serious problem. And he said, no one's listening. And I want him to say, I want him to know if he's listening to this podcast, I am listening to him. Yeah, and I am listening like, too. <laughs> I've watched Terminator. Do you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> yo. Uh, but listen, sorry. Thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, we can have another chat about AI robots and whatever else is going on in the world. Uh, but uh, once again, thank you. Thank you. This is actually really therapeutic. So awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing it back. Awesome.